We're delighted this morning to welcome our speaker, Krista Pasaglia. She, um, for six and a half years, has been the executive director at Hope for the Homeless, which I think has been one of the most, uh, has been the most successful effort at linking all of the organizations that take care of, of the homeless in, um, in our area. And, and I love the way that she has reached out to partner organizations. Before that, she ran the Mercy Center for eight years, which was a homeless program for people with um, HIV. And she makes her home here in Shreveport with her partner, Kelly, and their son, Nick. Um, please welcome Krista Pasaglia. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, Hope for the Homeless is the homeless coalition for this region. And when I got this job, I did not know really what Hope was supposed to be doing because it hadn't necessarily been doing that. And they said, well, it's your job to make sure our community is ending homelessness. And I was like, oh my goodness, well, we're not. <laughs> so what are we gonna do about that? And um, so we started to do a lot of research and we looked all over the country to find out who was actually ending homelessness and we copied what they were doing. And it was really simple and extremely difficult um, because what they were doing was coming together, the whole community. They were bringing all the agencies that serve the homeless together to form a unified system and um, unified systems are difficult. And, and especially in the nonprofit, well, in any community, but in the nonprofit community, everyone's fighting for money and everyone's fighting for um, attention to their cause and, their, um, and to, to be able to show that what they do specifically is important. And, and the truth is that it is important. And so we knew we needed to respect everyone's individuality and, and still call them together and, and not um, be threatening to, um, in the regard that we were interested in anybody's money, which is difficult. And, and so we've had a, a long three years and I think we've made amazing progress. And our recent point in time count, which is a one, day count of homeless persons in our community, we had a 30% drop in unsheltered persons from one year ago. Um, we've been open at Hope Connections, which is the one stop where 10 agencies are co-located. We've been there for one year. So I think that shows that what we're doing is working, um, but we certainly have a long way to go because the people that are unsheltered are the most difficult people to get into housing and they're the people that everyone considers unhousable and I'm, I'm so grateful that you all invited me here today with this with the topics of justice um, and equity because I've been thinking ever since the invitation about that topic and um, the, all over the country city governments are making ordinances that stop people from doing these open feedings in downtown areas and all over the community. And they make it illegal to, for people to sleep or camp um, in the downtown area, all kinds of different things. 
um, in an effort to um, to stop homeless people from being present in those areas. And what they want is for homeless people to disappear in that area. And the truth is that I want homeless people to disappear too because I want them to have housing. And so we, we have a choice when we start to think about justice. We, we have a finite amount of energy and time. So we can fight the city governments about their desire to pass these ordinances, or we can fight for affordable housing, um, increased mental health services, and increased access to substance abuse services, and the things that people actually need. So um, Hope for the Homeless has selected to fight about affordable housing and the bigger issues. Um, I think the um, fighting over the other is a bit like fighting over whether slaves should have pink or blue shackles. It's, it's, they're still slaves. It solves no problem. Um, and, and we spend all of our energy on something that ultimately makes absolutely no difference to the person. And, um, and affordable housing, I'm so glad you mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Barbara, because that's what we kind of base everything we do on that. Um, and safety is, of course, the leading concern. I'm so glad that little girl said that, um, mentioned monsters because um, sleeping outside without housing um, and the bears, that, that was significant to me because I think sleeping outdoors is, is scary and um, it's about survival, constant survival and fear and, um, and things that um, are seem like monsters and bears but they're really just other people. And um, and the ultimate justice for me is for someone to have a door that locks and a bed to sleep in. And until that time, until someone has a place to live, a door that locks, a bed to sleep in, they cannot begin to have the same equalities that we have. When, when people say they, you should just get a job. Well, you can't get a job if you don't have a place to live. You don't have an address. You can't take a shower on a on a frequent basis, um, and and you're scared, and you don't sleep good. You're exhausted. I could go on and on. The reasons that is illogical, um, and so equality begins when we all have the same basic needs met, and so to support people sleeping outside is what we do now, what, what especially church communities are very passionate about um, taking food to the homeless and taking clothing to the homeless. And those things are very kind. And they, they ultimately make us feel really great, right? We all wanna feel good. I do, I like to feel good. My work is not feel good, even though it sounds like it. Um, but we all like to feel good, and doing something for someone else makes us feel good. But the truth is that food and clothing will never, never end homelessness. The only solution to homelessness is housing. 
And until someone has housing, they cannot begin the journey on. And the things that are above housing and safety and food on Maslow's hierarchy of needs include employment, religion, education, socialization, um, all the things we all um, revel in and seek and, um, and are passionate about. I'm, I'm really passionate about my job. I'm keeping it calm, trying to stay calm this morning. Um, I can get really riled up. But um, we, we, we begin, a person begins their healing in housing. And until that time, it's really hard to, to um, even talk about other things. And it's almost a waste of time um, until, we, until we get someone stable and in a place where they feel safe. I kept hearing the word safe when we were talking about the housing. And, um, and to be able to lock out the bears and, and, um, and, and what nobody said was that I think my home is love. And that includes either being alone, which you were mentioning, having privacy, which I would give anything for. I'm just kidding. Um, or um, the love of your family. It's, it's both. Self-love and the love of your family is home. And the love of your friends, like you said, um, the, our world around us. Well, when you live in survival, your friends are not your friends. There are people surviving around you that are um, making decisions based on survival that will take whatever you have that they need. And um, people make poor decisions in survival. And, uh, and I think when we think about justice, it's important for us to fight the right fight. We don't need to fight about the color of the shackles we need to fight about the availability of freedom. And freedom, in this case, equals housing. And I'm real proud that we have that focus. And, and it takes a lot of effort to stay focused on that because people, um, people who are not in our business, I think of homelessness as a clinical issue. Um, pe people think of it as a feel-good um, issue not feel good, but we we think of it as solvable through through um, meeting these clothing food needs, right? We've all thought churches could probably solve homelessness, right? We've heard. Th I mean, uh, that's how I think a lot of people think of it. Um, it's a charity issue, but the truth is that homelessness is a clinical issue, and and until we start to look at it in that way and solve it in that way, we will not make progress. And that is the very reason we have made progress this year. And we need to connect people to the things they need at all at the same time, which is why we formed Hope Connections in the first place. Because I can tell you that it's not fun to have 10 nonprofit agencies all under one roof. And um, it's a, not super fun to manage it, which is what I do. And um, we have learned a lot in one year, but it's not about us. It's not about us at all. It's about the person. It's about the person having a safe place to live, a door that locks, and a bed to sleep in. And at that time, we can expand 
they can start to expand. They can start to grow. They can start to get the things they need in a different way. I have been sober since 1993, and I have Betty to thank for that. She uh, made me get sober, and um, I'm eternally grateful. And um, I can pr almost promise you that if I had had to walk out of that treatment center and go sleep outside, that, would have not, that wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have gone down that way. And I'm eternally grateful that I had the, some people around me that made that not an option and that I did have some resources and some supports that, that enabled me to start with a door that locks. And, uh, and I think the expectation that people would sober up or take mental health medications on a regular basis or any of the things that solve the clinical issues related to homelessness are completely and totally crazy. It's not gonna happen. So I'm real grateful for, um, actually the gift today is to me because I really got to concentrate on the justice of, um, of ending homelessness and, um, and I'm so grateful for that. So thank you all for having me.